Hey, welcome to the Irish NFL show. Uh, Colin, how are you doing? You good? Yeah, I thought uh, yesterday was probably the best week of uh, NFL action. I'm sure Mark Hockle will put that down to the Bron- Broncos being on a bye. Um, but I thought yesterday was really some fa- fascinating games, some fantastic games, and plenty for us to discuss this evening. Brian, have you stopped talking about the Dublin GEA during NFL action, or how, how are you doing tonight? She made a fair point, you know, responding to some nonsense on uh, on social last night. The Giants are on a bye week. I, I believe most people actually selected the bye week to beat the Giants this week. But uh, nothing nothing uh, surprised me in terms of getting respect in this league. Um, yeah, very interesting weekend. Michael, I really enjoyed the action last night. Um, Colin's right, so many intriguing games. A lot of games finished 2017 for some reason. Imagine being a better or a punter who bet on that. You'd be a very rich person. Uh, this evening but uh, yeah some very interesting games and some interesting stuff to get through this evening Mark did you find the action enjoyable last night I thought the late slate was probably the worst we've had in 10 years in terms of I mean like it's yeah. it's a professional league surely they can find a way to flex a few games make up a rule to flex something yeah yeah I mean the late slate when it you have the bye weeks and there's only two games on becomes pretty slim pickings obviously um isn't the most enjoyable for those wanting to stay up that bit later but you know the six o'clock games were great I mean we're talking about 68 games went down to the fourth quarter uh only the Bengals and some team called the Patriots kind of had their games in hand but uh everything else was a one score game going down to the wire and everything so um, good. That's a good, enjoyable slate of games, and there was definitely some drama and definitely some upsets, Michael. Obviously, so I'm sure. I mean, do we, do we cover the Jets news now, or do you, do you make an apology to New York Jets generally now? I mean, how how do you want to handle this? I actually, uh, we're like let, let's let, let's start in the Colts, but I'm, I'm not making an apology to the Jets. So like every week we keep getting stuff at like five past nine. This like I mean, you were going up against Josh Allen. The Bills. There's no apology coming here. Like, I mean, well done to the Jets fans. Colm, let's jump into the news that uh, a man has the same experience at a high school level and college level as we all have is now the head coach of an NFL team. First off, just to box off the Patriots fans listening to this podcast, and you're all more than welcome. A very good win for the Patriots yesterday over the Colts, but um, probably one of the worst performances we've seen offensively in league history. And is Jim Irsay just writing off this year to the point where he wants everyone just to cope and get a high draft pick? Um, yeah, look, Jim Irsay has ever since what we saw at the end of last season, the video in front of the plane, you know, it, it felt almost like we were waiting for this. Unless they were miraculous, it was always going to come to that. And I think in fairness to... Frank Reich, I feel a little bit sorry for him. This is a guy who, you know, ended up taking the job because of Josh McDaniels leaving them at the altar, thought that uh, it would be Andrew Luck, and it was not to, to be Andrew Luck. It has been a series of quarterbacks ever since then, obviously culminating um, this year with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan gets pulled, then they fire their offensive coordinator, then that doesn't work. Um, I, you know, it's, I, I don't know where they go from here, though. Obviously, as you, you mentioned, Jeff Saturday has come in and uh, you mentioned uh, the high school uh, experience, Michael. Um, so in, in his three seasons there, he went six and six, eight and five and three and seven. Um, 
the Hebron Christian Academy for a total overall record of 17 and 18. So that is who will be seeing the uh, the Colts uh, out. Um, I, I see Florio was raising the prospect of the Rooney rule. I don't know how that would work at mid-season. But look, the, I, there, Brian and I had kind of discussed this a few weeks ago. I thought they would let Wright go but keep Chris Ballard. I think it'll be interesting to see when they get to the offseason now, though, what happens. Because... When you look at their O-line, the money they're paying um, their offensive line and the production they're getting for it, I think Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson look good value in comparison to what the Colts are getting from their O-line. Brian, there's multiple coaches in the franchise in Indianapolis that would probably feel aggrieved this evening to see Jeff Saturday walked in. I have to give it what Colm said there. I, I, I read a tweet from Phil Yates, I think it was, who said he had no high school experience. So I take it back, Jeff, you've you've coached in high school for three years. I mean, there's NFL fans in Ireland with Hogan Cup medals or Schools Cup medals. I mean, like, that's great. Um, do, you, do you think there'll be people that feel aggrieved within the organisation tonight, Brian? And how does this work? Even if he has one good game, this I mean, look, he, they're 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 playing the Raiders this weekend, all right. So, like, I mean, that that's not start a whole conversation around not to next week, but I mean, Josh McDaniels against Jeff Saturday doesn't really want me to sit down and watch it as much as a lot of Americans want to. Uh, I, I, I frankly am stunned by this news. I cannot believe it. Well, there is two former head coaches in the organization at the moment. That's Gus Bradley and John Fox. And I'd imagine he wants to clean the house completely at the end of the season. And he doesn't want to put himself in a situation where one of these guys comes in and not say they run the table, but he get a response from the team and they win five or six games and he feels he's in a position to take the job. I think he wants to clean house. Um, it doesn't look like Ballard is going to be, right now it doesn't look like Ballard is going to be a part of that cleaning house scenario. It looks like he's going to he potentially will stay, which to me is a surprise, I think, if you're going to clean house start everywhere and move, move everybody along. I saw an interesting one tonight. Ballard will now get the opportunity to select the head coach of his choice because he never got that opportunity because Josh McDaniels walked away from the situation and Frank Reich was forced upon him. But if you recall, after 12 months of Frank Reich being in the position, they did really well. And everybody was saying, what a great hire. How fortunate he was to get him. It hasn't worked out. They've had five quarterbacks in the last five seasons. I think they've had seven over the course of eight years. Like, from the top down, it hasn't been run properly. Like, if you keep recycling quarterbacks at some stage, it's just not going to work. And maybe they just need to have a rough situation in a rough season to get primed for a quarterback in the draft. And, and look, they're never going to get an Andrew Luck situation again, but certainly someone that can come in and maybe they just have to reevaluate for a couple of years and look at what other teams are doing because swapping quarterbacks every, every year, it's not it's not sustainable. And ultimately, Frank Reich has lost the job because of that. Mark, do you want to touch on the Patriots as well before we move on? Because the conscious that we, we were going to discuss this game quickly, but if you want to even react no, to the no, I mean, like, you know, good good for the Patriots to go five and four. It's annoying that they're five and four in the bottom of their division, uh, to say the least. So there's a bit of competition there. But no, it's all about the Colts. And I mean, like, I'm not saying it's unprecedented, Jeff Saturday being picked, but you almost have to go back to Tom Landry. He was a defensive coordinator with the Giants at the same time you're still playing D-back. He then... Um, Gave Dan Reeves a shot, actually, when he was playing still at running back uh, to be a coach when Landry was coaching the uh, Dallas Cowboys. But the idea of handing a head coaching job to someone who has just only recently retired, uh, yes, he's long-standing connections, obviously, with the Colts organization, but has no head coaching experience. That 
is bizarre. And as Colin rightly calls out and Florio calls out, so well, what is the meaning of the Rooney rule if you're just going to designate it? We had this angst with John Gruden and others were appointed and it was very clear they were targeted and they complied with the Rooney rule maybe in the the philosophical viewpoint of they interviewed someone, but definitely not with the spirit. Like, even if you call Saturday interim, like, you still need to comply and you still need to be showing a meaningful effort towards minority hiring and consideration of it in a serious fashion. Um, but it's Jim Irsay's world. And look what he's done the last couple of weeks. You know, benched Matt Ryan. Let's be clear. I mean, that came from ownership. That hasn't worked out. Marcus Brady now looks like one of the most competent coaches in the entire NFL because as soon as he sacked his offensive coordinator, the Colts' offensive forms dips even further. And look, when it comes to Ballard, I want to be a bit balanced about this. He built from scratch, effectively, uh, a really good defense, drafted exceptionally well. In every other year except for this year, we've generally been praising the Colts' offensive line. But this year, it's off a cliff. It is off a cliff bad, that O-line, their entire offensive game plan. And for that, he, not just Frank Reich, has to bear some responsibility. And it will be fascinating to see how it unfolds. But Ursay's calling all the shots here. So who knows who else is going to go? Um, that's the crazy thing uh, in relation to it. And yes, there's a lot of talk about saying, oh, he's the first coach he fired in 25 years, mid-season, 25 years of being an owner of the Colts. Yeah, but he's also in the last couple of weeks fired the quarterback, fired the offensive coordinator. So um, this is not good news and not a good situation for Colts fans. We'll jump into it maybe a bit. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead. No, yeah, to, just to highlight, Michael, you you mentioned the the upcoming Raiders game um, next week or next weekend. Looking forward to previewing that. Given that Jeff Saturday uh, tweeted just a week ago, uh, "quote Raiders look horrible." Um, if Josh McDaniels is ever to get the Raiders back on track, and they needed some. Um, bulletin board material that tweet is surely it but I can't imagine uh, Jeff imagined that he would be in the position he now finds himself when he said that absolutely Just, sorry Mike one final point on, on Mike I feel a lot of his credibility went out the door uh, after the Carson Wentz trade because he went out on he went out for Carson you know he kind of yeah, he had his period in Philadelphia with him. He went, he reached out to the owner and said, I can, I can fix this guy, I can turn him around. And within 12 months, they traded him off to to uh, Washington and they lose, lose a lot of the value in which they had in terms of trade value. So I think you'd, you'd have to, I see the questions start being raised after that trade because it didn't work out at all. And uh, anyway, we'll move on. Let's jump on to that Jets-Bills game. Um, welcome to everyone watching live on YouTube. Big welcome to everyone watching. Great. You can super chat us if you want me to get a bag of tater or a pint in Munich this weekend. Much appreciated. I'm joking. But you can. We're live right now. So say hello. Uh, put a comment in as well and we'll, we'll reply to you as well. And obviously a warm welcome to everyone listening into the podcast on this wonderful, wet, drizzy, windy Tuesday morning north or south of the border. Uh, Josh Allen column 18 to 34, 205 yards, two interceptions. Called it as it was yesterday for him, saying how bad he was. He was the team's leading rusher. Outside of Josh Allen, only 24 yards for Devin Singletary. As as good as the Bills are, and they're one of the best teams, if not the most complete team in the NFL. Um, a very very bad day for them yesterday, and they should have beat this Jets team. But you know, all 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 credit to this Jets team, especially the Jets defense that came up. 
I'm not sure if you've seen the guy that done a, fl- a coin flip, the meme. He's got every game right so far. Uh, the Jets fan, he is expecting the team to go 11-6 and six and lose the AFC Championship game. If the Jets get to the AFC Championship game, I might fly out there myself. Well, right now, Michael, it's early November and the Jets have a 72% chance of making the playoffs per ESPN analytics. So um, you might you might want to start looking at uh, at those flights and um, it will it could be um, squeaky bum time in Denver because if the Jets were to make the playoffs and the Broncos didn't, the Broncos would be in possession of the longest playoff drought in the NFL. Uh, kudos to the Jets yesterday. I talked about on the preview show about the issue, biggest issue with Zach Wilson was holding the ball for far too long. Um, his average time to throw was over three seconds. You just cannot get away with that in the NFL. Completely changed that yesterday. I uh, got rid of the the ball quickly. Um, yeah, the 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 Bills and and Von Miller. You know, given the way Von Miller is, they they still got to him at times. But he managed the game well. Managed third down situations well. Um, the Jets thoroughly deserved um their victory. Their their defense is for real and they're handling. Um, the injuries really well for the Bills. The biggest concern, you know, I mean, Josh Allen hasn't been playing well for a couple of weeks now, but um, literally within the last couple of minutes, Sean McDermott has come out to say they need to do more tests on the elbow. Um, they are not sure just how bad that elbow injury uh, might be. And that is enormously concerning because obviously Matthew Stafford had the elbow injury that we heard about at the start of the season. Nothing to worry about. Absolutely nothing to worry about. It's all fine. This is what teams say all the time. But sometimes that is the case. Sometimes it isn't the case. And when you have you know, you you go the bit like Jerry Jones likes to say the Cowboys go as he goes, the Bills go as Josh Allen goes, and if he's not a hundred percent, that is enormously worrying. Brian, do you think yesterday was just an off day for the Bills? I mean, they'll probably put up about a hundred next week. I would put it all down to the Jets defense. I don't think we can under appreciate the performance of that Jets defense yesterday. Josh Allen was sacked five times yesterday. He had sixteen incomplete passes, and he was intercepted twice. And the Jets' defense didn't give up one penalty in the entirety of the game. I mean, you're not you're off you're, you're not far off a perfect performance against arguably the best quarterback in the league right now, or certainly on form one of the best quarterbacks. But he has been off. I mean, the two interceptions yesterday were, I mean, they were they were just very poor. Like, it was the kind of stuff we saw from Josh Allen the first years happened. You know, no one no one threatened him interceptions, and he had two interceptions in the fourth quarter against Green Bay last week that were. They were poor as well. And like Colin says, he's off. He's slightly off. But the problem is, for most teams, him being off is still at a, a level like this. He still ran for two touchdowns yesterday. But overall, he wasn't He wasn't at the level where, where yesterday. But I would put that down largely down to how good that Jets defense was. And just on the Jets offense, I know Colin was going to touch on it more so than the defense. But like Zach Wilson only threw the ball 25 times yesterday. Essentially, it was back to the that's not do anything stupid in this game, Zach. Look, we did last week with the three interceptions against New England. They ran for 174 yards. That was the game plan. Try to get the run game going. Let's make sure our quarterback doesn't do anything foolish like he did last week, and let's rely on our defense, and it worked out perfectly for him. It's a great win, and you're right. Like, you look at the, what they've got left in terms of games, there's no reason why this Jets team won't be a wild card. And as a fan of another New York team, it's great to see New York teams having a great season. 
Yeah, New Jersey teams, Brian. But yeah, New Jersey teams doing great. Whatever way you want them. Um, but they both Buffalo doing... the New York team, Mark. Yeah, Buffalo's well, in New York. Buffalo, Buffalo are exactly. Exactly. Did, Mark, did you see the Buffalo Stadium render and the Jets took the piss out of it by uh, changing the score to yesterday's yeah. score? Like, like what Robert Salas done, Mark, is incredible. I'm not sure if you've been on whenever I've been on to talk about the kid, about the ice cream, Joey. He was there yesterday, and the team. You, Mark, you need to get TikTok, mate. Basically, they, they keep they, this kid keeps eating ice cream every week. He's a big Jets fan. He's got like a New Jersey. He's from New Jersey. He's got a New, New Jersey accent, and uh, he's very cute. I, I'll send you it after this broadcast. But Joey's okay. eating a lot of ice cream this week. Well, no, but you call out the right person. I mean, Robert Sala, Robert Sala, Robert Sala. I mean, they have talent on that defense. That's undeniable. I remember we were talking about it in the preseason. We were kind of going. This defense is going to be good. They're going to upgrade magnificently. Robert Sala still one of the best coaches, but it's probably not going to be enough to make up for everything. They've actually fixed so many flaws on the offense as well. The offensive line is busting holes in the running game, even if it's not Brees Hall there. They actually have some people down the field to throw the ball to. Is Zach Wilson the answer? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's still a lot of question marks over that. But in fairness, if there was ever a game where he could have regressed and they could have made silly mistakes, going down 11 points early to the Bills could have easily been a scenario where they deviated from their game plan, that they started to throw it around more. They didn't. They trusted the process. They trusted their game plan. To hold the Bills and their offense to three points over the last 36 minutes of the game is just an impressive achievement in itself. And yes, I would say 80% of the, the compliments have to go to the defense, a good 19% to Robert Salah, and maybe 1% to the rest of the organization and team. But let's be fair, the defense were immaculate. It was a fantastic performance, very well-deserved. And um, yeah, I mean, they're for real. I mean, I said to someone earlier today, a number of friends of mine are Jets fans. They're taking quite a degree of pleasure, as you might imagine, in reliving uh, their success at the moment. And uh, I said, the thing is, this isn't your daddy's Jets. This isn't even our generation's Jets. We haven't seen this Jets before. This is brand new information. So maybe Willie Joe is going to have some company and maybe the guarantee comes back around. That's certainly how Jets fans are dreaming at the moment. It's just a pity that this is the end of the podcast segment. So thanks very much for listening. If you have listened, please like, share, subscribe, tell your ma, tell your dad, tell your granny. Tell the local butcher, I don't care. Please listen, really appreciate it. Like on Spotify. Um, okay, uh, Mark was talking about in the previous segment, welcome in everyone if you're watching on YouTube or listening on podcast, uh, about the AFC East. It's just a pity column that the Dolphins are too good. And that, frankly, as far as I'm concerned, and I'm going to get done for saying this, um, it doesn't really matter how the Jets play because the Dolphins' offense is too good. Yeah. And you've got the combination of the Dolphins, the Bell, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Chargers when they're at full strength. And we'll talk about that game next. I mean, the Dolphins just looked unreal yesterday, didn't they? I mean, that game was so fun to watch. 35-32. I have to give it, you know, we, we've given Justin Fields and the Bears enough crap on this broadcast. And we can probably talk a little bit about the defense in Miami yesterday. But uh, Fields, it's amazing what happens when you put people around him. Uh, and he set for, hopefully, a progressive and interesting end to this season. And it gives Bears fans uh, another seven or eight months of hope for about the 50th year in a row. 
Well, I think deserved hope. Uh, yeah, Justin Fields absolutely, got, absolutely has copped a lot of flack on this show, but and it's not, they haven't even put that many people around him. They finally leaned into what he can do. I mean, yesterday he ran 178 yards. It's a, re- a regular season record, and um, he has when they finally leaned into it after their mini buy, he's been really, really impressive. His athleticism is phenomenal. Um, if they be actually do begin to put players around him, maybe, you know, he, he can really go on to develop. We, we have seen it um, plenty and we discussed it on the show on uh, in the, the preview show last week about how, you know, the, the bills did that with Diggs, the Eagles did it uh, with AJ Brown. Um, and the Raiders tried to do it with Devonta Adams, um, but the for, for, look I said on Thursday's preview show the best case scenario for the Bears was score more than twenty five points and lose the game because realistically they traded away the the pieces. This this is about finding out if Justin Fields is the guy. If he continues to perform like this, he absolutely is the guy. You then have a whole load of money and a whole load of draft capital to go and put the pieces around him. Miami, as yeah, they are. They're scary good. And their ability to get wide open because um, the, the speed is just something else. Obviously, Tyreek getting to 1,000 yards yesterday. And um, Tua is 6-0 and when he starts and finishes a game um, this season. It will be, obviously, their defense is the, the piece that... They need to work on. But yeah, offensively, the Dolphins are majestic to watch. Brian, just a quick reminder for everyone watching this on YouTube. Kajay, please like this video. Hey, it'll give Brian a big smile. Talking about big smiles, Colin mentioned there, Brian, about Justin Fields and are giving him a chance. Uh, he looked more confident, more comfortable in the ball yesterday. And also bringing in Chase Claypool is one, for, is, is, is one element for him. But even the fact that he, was it, did, did he break the record for rushing yesterday? That like that's like for for a quarterback that's incredible. It was 100 and, 180 178 yards. Seventy eight just as well he did because he only threw for one hundred and twenty three yards on twenty eight throws, and uh, he didn't get one force down with seven, from seven minutes and fifty left in the fourth quarter when he was put in a position where he had to start throwing the ball because they were playing catch up. Um, it's look the Bears have adjusted their offense to to his skill set. We spoke about a few weeks ago. I think when we were previewing the show, like Colin said. We knew they'd put up points, but ultimately their defense is, is gone for the season because of the trades in which they've done. Um, just to piggyback on what you said there about the Jets and unfortunately for the Jets, they're in a division with the Dolphins. The Jets have beaten the Dolphins um, so far, and I as, as good as the Dolphins are, I think the Jets, if anybody winning the division, can yeah, shut down. Yeah, the, but that, that, that Jets-Dolphins game has got many different elements to it. Like, I know, you know it has, yeah, I know. Yeah, there was three quarter, two quarterbacks in that, that game. No, I'm just saying I right mean, now, they have, right the now Broncos beat the break, Niners, right? if we're going to go into that. Like, the Broncos beat the Niners, the Colts beat the Broncos. I mean, like, I don't want to start going to that situation. No, I understand. But, I mean, no, fair, that's a fair point. No, I suppose the point, look, the point you're going to make is right now they have the tie break over them. That's, so, they've got a tie break over them. If they were to finish level, you know, they still have to go into Miami. It's going to, that'll be a very difficult game whenever it comes around. But, um, Look, the Dolphins are like the Dolphins' defense. This is not sustainable. Like two, last week against the Lions, they were fourteen 0 down. They came back and won. They're playing against the Browns' defense this weekend, and the Browns have had their problems. But they shut down Joe Burrow last week, and Browns' defense on the day could do a job on, on anyone. So, I think this weekend is a, is a real marker for them because let's see how they do against a real strong defense. The last two weeks, they played really well against poor defenses. But prior to that. 
they only went over 20 points in one game this season offensively and that was against the Patriots in week one two it was 19 points and then obviously two went down so they have had their struggles when two was playing they're great but um, this weekend for me is a big one they're playing the Browns defence will look to shut two down and obviously they've got players in the, in the second that could potentially do a number on Tyreek Hill if, if you can do a number on him on his day but Look, it's a good win for the Bears. It's it's it is what it is. They're going to play really well in games this season offensively, but they're still, they're going to struggle defensively. They're entertaining to watch. Mark Brian mentioned there about doing a number on Tyreek Hill. Uh, you know, for you and for a general NFL fan, is this scary point there going? Okay, we'll do a number on Tyreek. You got Jalen Waddle, Trent Sherfield, Cedric Wilson, Jeffrey Wilson, Mike Gesicki, Raheem Mostert, and Smythe as well. They get to January, and I've said this a few times to Overlaz in this broadcast, they get to January about 85-90% healthy. They're going to be in Arizona. Yeah? No. No, because their defense isn't good enough. They're going to be in the enough. AFC Championship game. Yeah? No, no, their, their defense isn't good enough at this moment in time. They're not performing well yeah, enough. Yeah, but they can put up the defense, 50th, fine. Justin Fields, Justin Fields had an amazing game yesterday. I mean, like, you want a YouTube clip, Michael? Mike McDaniel telling Justin Fields leaving the sideline, just stop it, just stop it, in a very joking fashion. And Fields, that's just good, hard-natured fun. I mean, that's actually lovely to see from McDaniel and from Fields and that type of interaction. But Chicago should have won this game. They had the ball twice, and all they needed was, okay, they needed a field goal to bring it to overtime or one more sustained drive. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was entertaining as hell. Best game of the weekend. Great to see the two in and throwing. Didn't necessarily think the... Bears had it in them. I thought they could only obliterate a defense like the Patriots' defense, but they certainly obliterated the uh, Dolphins' defense as well. And I think, realistically, the Dolphins are still probably one of the most exciting offenses, but on paper, like, they haven't actually clicked yet fully. Now, maybe, Mike, your point is that given another half a season and those sinks will connect, and yes, the excitement isn't necessarily you shut down Hill, but then Waddle's there. You shut down Waddle and Hill's there. No, they're the twin terrors. You know, we have the twin towers. They're the twin terrors for me. Well, oh, really it's, 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 it's all about the separation mark for me. You know, like yeah. all these guys, when two is on it, is are, are just so much better in terms of the rest of the teams in that and conference. I, I just don't see how anyone's going to get near them. So it's two is still a threat to run the ball. The running quarterback uh, threat is still so important. He throws the ball pretty accurately on the move. And if they're getting separation, like the fact that Tua's accuracy potentially downfield isn't always the most accurate, it becomes less relevant because they've got so much separation they can make up for it. But they need to put more of a run together and be more consistent. Um, they're not, I wouldn't put them in the Bills or the Chiefs category in any shape or means. Are they in that next echelon along with the Ravens? Along, we have to say, uh, with the Jets and things like that? Absolutely. And the next half of the season is going to be interesting. Um, I will give one other stat. You mentioned about Fields' record day. The only other quarterback I think that has run for more was actually in the postseason, Colin Kaepernick for the 49ers, 181 yards against Green Bay. I only bring that up because I'm sure a lot of Packers fans after the weekend just need that one little bit more pain just to think of in relation to it. And I do have – I want to share this with you, gents. This is the best – this was Mike Reese on ESPN. But this is a great stat. Because we're talking about the Dolphins – and I know they played Thursday, but we should always mention the Eagles as they do have an unbeaten record. There are only three teams in the history of the NFL who have gone 8-0 without ever being behind in the second half of the games. There's the 84 Dolphins, Dan Marino, fantastic year, obviously fell short. The 2019 Patriots, 
and now the 2022 Eagles. And the one thing the Eagles fans don't want to hear is those other two teams didn't win the Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, we'll see if the Eagles can finish the job this year. Colin, big shout out to, to Mark. This just gave me the YouTube title for tonight saying, here is why the Miami Dolphins will not, in capital letters, win the Super Bowl. So that's on Mark. And if that doesn't work for clickbait, I don't know. Please like the video, folks. You have something to say, Colin? Um, yeah, a couple of things that sprang just from what Mark is saying. The, the teams he mentioned, though, it's a bit like the Dutch teams that failed to win the World Cup. You're almost immortalized more by not winning it uh, sometimes by going on to, to win it. Um, and also, um, Mr. O'Leary highlighted that Justin Fields, I think it was 123 yards he only threw um, for yesterday. And look, Justin Fields struggles this year, well documented earlier in the year, nobody to, to throw to. Um, people questioning him and yet Justin Fields is a mere 77 passing yards behind one Daniel Jones and what a season Daniel Jones and the Giants are having absolutely fantastic everybody agrees the Giants and Daniel Jones taking a great step forward and there is Justin Fields the man who only threw for 123 yards yesterday but he's a mere 77 yards behind wow what a testament to Justin Fields he just has to have five game-winning drives to uh, get on the old Danny Jones train. Jesus Christ. Mark, come on. I was just going to say, Michael, it was a good weekend as well for uh, mid-season trades. Like, there was a lot of questions. Why did the Bears spend the second-round pick on Chase Claybull? Well, gives Justin Fields another downfield threat, and I know we'll come to it, but the Vikings trade for Hockerson. Um, when he takes nine catches for 70-odd yards from the tight end position, you kind of go, oh, that, was, that wasn't a bad idea in relation to it. So we don't often say that about those mid-season trades. Von Miller last year to the Rams being a notable exception. Um, but early returns, positive already. Let's move on. Really excited to talk about this game because if everyone just goes back to Thursday night and hears the absolute crap that people were saying about Justin Herbert... I just just go just go watch it. Uh, Colm, he done really well last night in terms of what he had to play with. And I think people will be very happy. Well, all seven Chargers fans in LA. There's, there, there's, there, there's more Chargers fans in Ireland than there is in LA. But there's great Chargers fans listening to this or watching this podcast right now. Hope you're all doing well, lads and ladies. Uh, Colm, Chargers get it done against the Falcons. Uh, Mariota couldn't really get it going, but they win 20-17. to 17 And uh, Falcons should have won it at the end. Yeah, I, you've just said it. The Falcons should have won it. That's the issue for, for the Chargers. The the Falcons with the most, like, I, I thought, I, I was just surprised he wasn't wearing a Browns uniform. He picks it up um, and, and he runs and, and inexplicably, more inexplicably than even Kyler Murray's fumble, because um, at least the guy, the defender was coming across. He just drops the ball, just drops, drops it. Uh, and 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 then he, when he doesn't get get on top of it, he just gently taps the the ground. Not even a, a Sammy Kafour type after um, United got the the winner in Barcelona. He just is like, ah, that's a pity. Um, you, you've just given the game away. You have just literally let it drop through your butterfingers. Yeah, the Chargers got it done, and any win in the NFL is hard fought. I mean, Herbert didn't have a bad game in terms of no, what he had he, around him. He, he, but this is the the problem. Like, when is Mike Williams coming back? When when is Keen, when is Keenan Allen's hamstring 
going to be okay for him to play? And is do you trust that to um, hold up through the rest of the season slash the the postseason? I mean the the chart. This I I am a massive Justin Herbert fan. I think Justin Herbert is fantastic. I just don't think that the char the Chargers have the receiving talent to really um, threaten. I mean, uh, we, we saw it again with Everett yesterday. Another Butterfingers. That is the issue. The issue is not Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is, is a fantastic player playing through the pain. The issue is what surrounds just and and even more so than that, their OC, who um, I saw a, a tweet yesterday saying he should be up in the hay for crimes against offensive football. And um, yeah, we could probably put him in there with Pat Shermer. Brian, there's a comment here saying the Dublin Chargers has a ring to it. All this talk about giving London two teams and there's no love for the Emerald Isle. Whether you're in Ballymena or Ballybrack, there's no love for this wee island. It's not good enough, <laughs> is it, Brian? I'm sure the NFL have some long-term uh, plan in place. To... I'm joking. Of course they do. Of course they do. Um, but the, the, the Dublin Chargers would probably... I mean, there's, there's more people at a National League game and awfully than there is at the Chargers game. So let's put it out there and just say it. Well, no, mean, no, Michael, because there's a you, lot of uh, traveling. You feel Healy Park, Brian. There's a lot of traveling fans that go in and watch the Chargers. Whoever they're I'm playing. not counting. I'm counting the home fans. <clears throat> it's always been that case ever since they left San Diego. Unfortunately, they couldn't come to a compromise and build a new stage in front of them. And the owner took his team and said, "Right, we're out of here." Um, this game, look, yeah, I know where you're coming from, Michael, but like, I'm, I'm with Conor. Like, we felt it wasn't. It, we weren't having a pop of hair, but we were saying about the frailties offensively and I did say that run game is a disaster defensively you call him a, and did you not call him a spoofer the overnight somebody called no, him a spoofer no, no, no I, I called their head coach a spoofer and he is a spoofer All right, oh, okay. because they nearly threw Roy the game they lost the game. They, 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 again they, sh- they should have lost that game they should have lost that game I said their run defence was terrible Cordell Patterson scores two touchdowns and also goes for another 40 yard touchdown which was pulled back for a very dubious flag as well I, I haven't looked at it a couple of times and even was commented on during the commentary that it was a soft penalty but the Falcons are the Falcons what we saw. The Falcons yesterday were what we saw over the past years. They find ways to lose games. And uh, they should be 5-4. and four. They, they, Last week, they went up by six points or 20 seconds to go. And they somehow won, but they should have lost because they threw that game away, essentially. But uh, the Chargers got over the line. You're saying about whether this is sustainable with no wide receivers there. They're playing away to the 49ers next week on Sunday Night Football. That's a very difficult one. And, and the what? Week Everyone's down on Jimmy Grappolo in this podcast. So, I mean, that's fine. Not down Who on the got 40, next? We're not down on the, the Chiefs. Chiefs are... Now, Mark, I, I know you're next. I know you're bringing us up in two seconds after Brian finishes. The Chargers won one game off the Chiefs. I, I understand. But I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, with the wide receivers out, we've seen the struggles offensively in, in a lot of games this season when they start playing against much better opposition. And in fairness to the 49ers, they had a great win last week against the Rams. And McCaffrey looks like he's hit the ground running. Um, you see the line for that game. The 49ers are seven-point favourites for that game. So nobody has any faith in that Chargers offence right now. Anyway, sorry, I'm I taking said it, too I, much time. No, you're fine. I mean, I said it the other day, like in terms of lines and spreads, like the Titans were good value last night. They were. Minus 13 and a half. Very, yeah. very good value. And we'll talk about that in the betting podcast this week. Mark, I'm going to call it now. It's 9.40pm on Monday, the 7th of November. The love, the love on with Odell will end this week because I just don't get it. And I actually think it's getting a wee bit embarrassing at this stage. Um, it's really annoying, to be honest with you. He's going to go to the Chargers. Do you like it? Do you like the move? Chargers, Odell, Herbert's got a wee weapon. They're one game off in the West. No. 
I, I think if I'm the Chargers, I'd rather have the draft capital and I'd rather have Williams and Allen back. Look, it depends on the injuries. The Rams wouldn't have traded for Beckham if they... Well, sorry, they did actually trade for Beckham and it proved prescient because then Woods went down with his ACL, wasn't it, almost the week after? Well, they were in all-win mode, weren't they? I mean, like... I mean, they, 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 yeah, I mean, they, they, absolutely. Um, I don't think the Chargers are in that mode and I don't think they've got as clear a path, maybe, as the Rams arguably had last year. I... I also still question what does Odell still have to offer. I mean, maybe that's his mantra, though. So, like, you know, let's 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 do the half season. But you don't know how he's responding to an injury. He is he has miles on the clock, um, and I'm not sure it's the right move at the right time for the Chargers. If I'm being brutally honest in relation to it, but don't get me wrong. The Chargers need a lot more than luck they got yesterday. I mean, yesterday was like they've rubbed the rabbit's foot with a few shamrocks, to be honest with you. That was super lucky. Um, but what goes around comes around. How many times have they thrown it away? Like, a Chargers scoring a game-winning field goal to win a game is almost like a headline It belongs in the onion, for Christ's sake. It was almost like, no, 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 that's, that's never the way this story is written. Um, they've experienced double fumbles like that before. Actually, they lost effectively a playoff game to the Patriots back in 06 with exactly the same type of thing. Interception. It wasn't a, a strip. It was an interception then fumbled back to the Patriots. And that lives on in infamy there. So maybe they deserved a little bit of luck at this stage. God knows in most seasons, the Chargers don't have it. But was it lucky? Yeah, it was lucky as hell. The Falcons, interestingly, look, they're still around there. Like the NFC South, we thought they were going to be an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, they're okay. The Bucks have the um, tiebreaker, but they're both on four and five. Like that NFC South is, yeah, it's open. That's what I'll say. It's open, and and I think a huge amount of credit to the job that's been done there, with serious gaps on the roster, has to be given. Cordero Patterson coming back from IR is useful, and we'll see how it goes. So you know, fair play, good win, lucky win, but they all count. They all count. Um. We're going to talk about the Bengals game now in just a wee second. Just a big thanks to everyone watching this live. Please comment. Please like. Please share. Whatever you need to do, folks. Really, really appreciate it. Um, massively appreciate it. Uh, really appreciate the support. Also, want to give a shout out to Bengals uh, or Who Day UK for helping me out yesterday. They had a great day yesterday, Colin. Uh, Joe Burrow had less passing yards than Justin Herbert yesterday. Um, but the the real the real and many other quarterbacks. But the the real story about yesterday was. Uh, was Joe Mixon. I logged into my fantasy team for the first time since week one uh, and seen I was one in seven because I don't have a life anymore. And anybody that thinks I'm lying, far, feel free to go up to Dungan and I'll show you. But uh, when in, fired Mixon on 60 points, easy as. I literally could have dropped the quarterback and uh, whoever I was, I don't even know who I was playing. I mean, does it really matter? Uh, let's not waste time in the Panthers. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I I was high on the Panthers because they had a, a top 10 run defense and um, the Bengals had been struggling. Fortunately, I had Mixon as well, so that um, eased the pain. But the, for the Panthers, what, what a nightmare. Um, just absolutely annihilated and then had to... The, so they started their un, undrafted... Um, quarterback um who had an amazing pass last week obviously and we discussed that on the podcast and uh, we brought on his former coach but he was in ahead of the former number one overall pick because the former number one overall pick played terribly and then they end up having to pull him and put the former number one overall pick back in but now they've activated sam darnold there had been some even discussion last week that they could have potentially cut 
Mayfield. Well, that won't be happening now. Who did the Panthers play at quarterback uh, next week? Uh, all, all to be revealed. Baker Mayfield. No, well, it's been confirmed. It has been confirmed, Stephen, that PJ Walker will start on Thursday night against the Falcons. Confirmed. First thing confirmed this afternoon. Oh, Jesus. I mean, like, I'm not watching that game. I'm just going to put it out here now. I am fortunate enough to, to work on this league full time. Brian, I'm not watching this game. You have to put me in front of the TV and sell it at my eyes open. I'm not it watching was it. an exciting game last week when they played in Atlanta, in fairness. It came down right to the end. It was a DJ Moore touchdown. It went to missed field goal, missed extra point, went into overtime, missed field goal, like a winning field goal. So uh, we won't, probably won't see any of that on tours tonight. Um, however, as Mark said, the division is open. And if the Panthers were to win on Thursday and results went their way in Munich on Sunday, they potentially could be joint top of the division on Sunday night. So uh, a lot of permutations. Not that much is needed either. So, yeah. And Brian, let's, let's, Panthers fans can remember the year with Cam Newton as quarterback. They were 3-8-1, and one, won their last four games, and True. then they made the playoffs. And not only that, had a home playoff tie because they won yeah. their division at 7-8-1. and one. So yeah. it's... The NFC South has form in this regard. Um, I must admit, look, due to family commitments, I, I obviously couldn't make the shows last week, but I was devastated because that that uh, DJ Moore touchdown with the missed extra point reminded me actually of the Saints scoring on a kind of the Hail Mary type of flipping around the plays with multiple laterals. And then promptly, Joe Horn, I think, scored the touchdown against the Panthers. And then they promptly missed the extra points so the game didn't go to overtime so it was like and that's when extra points used to be like gimme plays type of thing so the parallels were, were remarkable there i think i maybe it wasn't the panther maybe it was the bucks but it was it was again it was definitely the saints getting that in the last second and missing the extra point and it was almost inevitable once that happened to me like the panthers in fairness michael it's almost like the you, nobody believes in, in us so they have this amazing surge of performance they won a game then they had seemed so close should have beaten the falcons as well um, with the trade of Christian McCaffrey kind of being like, oh, you know, nobody believes in us. And it's like, yeah, the Bengals game is why we don't believe in you. The Bengals game is like, you don't have enough talent there. Yes, a lot of the problem was Matt Rule. That problem has left the building. But you don't have the talent at the skill positions. You've got a great defense. They didn't stand up um, to the Bengals who are starting to click, are starting to get it back together, maybe in position now to make a good run for the second half of the season and amazing performance by by mixing, you know, anytime you get five touchdowns, doesn't matter how they come, like that's just unbelievable. So um, congratulations to you both and all the fantasy football owners out there that can enjoy it. The other thing I was glad about missing last week was C-Mac doing the, the trifecta. You know, L, uh, Lanian Tomlinson, I think, um, who did it for the Pats? David, David Patton. And um, I think that's about the only people who have ever done it before the trifecta of throwing, catching a pass in the same game. Career post-merger, I mean... David Patton did it actually in Tom Brady's first ever start against the new, uh, Indianapolis Colts in 2002. Um, but the ba- Baltimore Colts, yeah, or, or Indianapolis no, they're doing or... the at that stage. I think it was 02, maybe it was, yeah, it was. Um, but <laughs> the uh, yeah, I had, I, had, I had the whole rap for it's tricky because he was run CMC now, he's every version of CMC, like he was throw CMC, catch CMC. I, I had a whole thing, Michael, you loved it. There was dancing vibes, it's great. I I call him Ron Seal, Ron CMC, like Ron Seal, just covers over the. Because he does exactly what he says on the tin. 
that 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 and he also covers over many things. Can we just jump on to the Packers now? Because I uh, woke up this morning feeling fine. I uh, didn't watch Sunday Night Football at all. Still haven't even watched the highlights, so I'm not talking about Sunday Night Football. I haven't watched it. Haven't watched Sunday Night Football. Um, woke up and got Game Pass on. Got a wee bagel, cup and tea column, and uh, watched Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And sweet baby Jesus, either the OC needs to go uh, before the end of next week, or Rodgers needs to go at the end of the year. He's done. Some of the passes he missed, and some more importantly, some of the players that were open, and he could see the players that were open. It's actually quite sad to see. And you can just see a huge decline. I'm not sure if it's ivermectin or oils or, or, or whatever was going on. Side note in the Rogers situation column, do you know the doppelganger in Germany looks like Aaron Rogers? That yes. Guy, he hasn't got a ticket for Sunday. And he was out last night with, ben, with Rachel Benetta and, and Colleen Wolf. And he hasn't got a ticket for the Munich game on Sunday. So if anyone's watching this and has a ticket, feel free to give it to Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he'll do a better job on the field. He's um, all laughed at me the overnight whenever I said changes need to be made in Green Bay. I, I genuinely have never seen the team go as far down as quickly as possible. And I know this is the league where, where teams can go from last to first. I'm sorry, but you pay Aaron Rodgers a, a bumper contract. You bring in players that people think suits him. All these rookies. Oh, it's going to be a great season for Rodgers. He's going to click it together. I mean, it's 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 pathetic to watch. Like, there's, there's no other way to put it around it. They're not getting the ball down the field. And more so, Rodgers does not look like he's enjoying the game. He doesn't look comfortable. Um, when does it end? Well, I la- laughed at the idea of Matt LaFleur going, right? Because he's got to get time. But yeah, Rodgers, been, it's been a, a train wreck. It absolutely has. Little Wayne uh, saying that they should never have uh, re-signed him. Plenty of Packers fans uh, feeling that way as well. We talked about on the previous show, this is what happens when you sign superstar contra- uh, quarterbacks to enormous uh, contracts. That You end up having to uh, make haircuts elsewhere. Obviously, David Bakhtiari's knee injury has been an issue, um, but nothing is going right for the the Packer, Packers. I mean, this was, um, he equaled his worst ever game in terms of interceptions thrown, first time since 2017 um, that he'd thrown three. Um, but yeah, he, he missed um, plenty of um open receivers as well. But then, I mean, this has been the season for those QBs doing it. We've seen Russell Wilson do it. We've seen Tom Brady do it. We've seen Matthew Stafford do it. Um, the the league, um, Vic Fangio has, uh, and, and and perhaps the parody um, has has made the league, um, the, you know, the way in which uh, teams defend. Offenses are struggling and offenses that moved on from their um, superstar wide receivers are struggling for the main, most part, other than um, the the Chiefs um, who have a head coach and QB there who are so in tandem, but there is no easy fix here for the um, for the Packers at, in any way, shape, or form. Um, I am wondering what we will see. Mr. Rogers say when he makes his appearance tomorrow on the Pat McAfee show that he he talked about mental errors. He talked about positive mental attitude. He didn't seem to have much of a positive mental attitude when he was screaming at rookie wide receivers uh, yesterday. Um, It, it's it's a season of hurt for for the Packers and uh, Romeo Dubes is out 
probably it looks like four to six weeks. I think that's yet to be confirmed just how long. Um, but he was probably the the one rookie who things were looking up for. So yeah, it's it's a season hard. But but at the same time, gotta give some kudos to the Lions, who were the worst um defense in the league, um, made some changes, and in fairness, go um came up. Um, Trump's yesterday, so kudos to them for holding Aaron Rodgers in the red zone and for for getting it done. They they needed a, um, a response. We talked about how it couldn't just kind of live on um, hope and prayers for Dan Campbell. It couldn't just be the energy. They had to get the results. And despite um, the trading away one of, one of their better offensive weapons in Hawkinson, they managed to get the victory. Brian, I will take what Colin said about the defense for Detroit and agree, agree with what he said. Uh, I will say that, you know, you can only beat what you're up against. The Packers didn't really offer much at all yesterday, was it? I mean, like, I, I get the, the situation, with, for example, it's Colin mentioned there, like Hutchinson. Um, it's, it's like, a, like Alabama could have went in yesterday and probably scored more points than the Packers. The worst but defense so, in the league. They're the worst defense in the league. Yeah, Rodgers yeah. play, played into that big time. But I, I will say this. I mean, Brady gets a lot of guff on this broadcast all season about how he's dropped on. There has been a drop-off. He got the job done last night, and he found a way to make it work. Aaron Rodgers last night, like, go, go and look at the tape. I mean, there was five or six different times where he had guys open down the field, nobody on them. He seen them within eyes distance. He was looking his helmet towards them, and then he turned and threw it at somebody else. I genuinely like. I'm baffled where this team is going, and I I take what Colin said about the about uh, Lefleur. Fine, we'll g- give it two weeks, and then Adam Stanovich needs to go as, as the OC. There, there's no excuse for that play. And someone will find someone will lose a job. It's, it's, I don't believe it'll be the head coach for someone at some stage. Because Mark Murphy, we can worry about GM Gudikus, but ultimately Mark Murphy's the one that makes all decisions, and at some stage he's gonna. Draw, draw a line on the sand here and let someone go. Um, or couldn't really have excuses. I don't really know. It sounds terrible. I don't really know what to say anymore because at the start of the season, we said, oh, well, he's, it's a new it's a new band of wide receivers. They'll get it together at some stage. But there's other teams in the league having good seasons, but let's, let's be fair, you know, inefficient wide receivers and poor selection of players available to them, but they're still finding ways to win. And yesterday, again, we saw it's just not working. Um, defensively, this season has been a mess. You know, they gave up. It's... The discipline on the defense is, is all gone. They gave up 81 yards on eight, pen, eight, eight flags yesterday for 81 yards. They've lost for Sean Gary for the season now today. He's another major blow for them. Like The defense got uh, Mark Holland after the uh, the Patriots game a couple of weeks ago. That this defense, if if this shows up on Sunday in London, the Giants will beat them, and it did, and it hasn't hasn't got any better. So what's Rodgers getting on the focus, and rightly so, the defense is not playing well. I know they held the Lions to 16 points yesterday, but it's the manner of the defeat. And we said on the show your day they don't win this game. Play the Cowboys on Sunday, coming off a bye week. It's not getting any easier, is it? Packers fans have to be concerned at this stage. I think one or two more defeats in the season. Like I said on the show your night, uh, was we can talk about them not making the playoffs. Right now, you know, you look at the situation, they're only two games out of the wild card. But where's the form? Where's this team going to turn things around? I just can't see it at the moment. Mark, I mean, I think we've touched all bases here. It's pretty concerning to see Aaron Rodgers play like that, isn't it? But more so, it's concerning to see a veteran treat rookies in the way he has. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, for me, there was a brilliant moment on Red Zone this weekend where um, 
Great romantic movie for you, Michael, to watch at Home of the Misses. Sliding Doors, Gwyneth Paltrow, John Hanna, just that momentary thing of something changing. And it was a Sliding Doors moment. What year are we talking? We're talking, that's a good question, 2004? Pre or or post-color or HD? Late 90s, late 90s. it's wonderful, wonderful. Have anyway, you got it on VHS or something? Fe- fever Pitch with uh, is better, but that's another matter. That's because it's got Arsenal in it. Anyway, sliding doors moment. Green Bay Packers on one screen, Minnesota Vikings on the other. And what happens is the exact opposite to what has happened in the NFC North for most of the last decade, 15 years. Minnesota losing by 10 points, throwing a game away, get a touchdown. Green Bay held by the Lions in the red zone, end up having to take a field goal. And you can sense the swing in momentum in the two games in that regard. Now, normally you're watching it and it looks like the Packers are going to throw away a bit of a lead, but they somehow pull it out at the end and the Vikings lose a game they should have won. Um, this weekend, this season, it's very different. I mean, we're talking a lot about the Vi- uh, the Packers, but the Vikings are walking away with that NFC North, and they don't look particularly great. I mean, like, Jesus, they 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 struggled to beat the Commanders this weekend, and they haven't really beaten anyone of note. Same token, they're 7-1. and They did beat the, the, the Packers, obviously, in week one, but that's looking less and less impressive. And, look, you guys have heard me rant about it before, and I, and it feels bad to jump on it at this point in time, but I have said it before. Aaron Rodgers is not a leader and does not display leadership qualities. And to me, that is the one... The issue with him is against the, you can't rank him up in the category of the Mannings and the Bradys and other great quarterbacks. This he has all the talent in the world, all the arm strength, but it's always someone else's problem. It's been for every exit in the playoffs, and he makes no bones about throwing people under the bus. And then this year, the attitude, the you know the the persona, the way he carries himself, the way he's performing, none of it smacks of leadership frankly. And look, they've got more problems. They've got problems on defense. Their offensive line is a liability. They somehow in their play calling have moved away from their run game, which has probably been the most effective game, part of the game for the entire season. Um, But that that lack of leadership is really telling when the chips are not going in your direction. And now the narrative is all going to start turning to, well, what if Aaron, you know, we don't like Aaron, he doesn't like us anymore, so we'll get him, ship him off somewhere else. And you start to wonder, so what point does Rogers start playing into that? Their season is just about cooked. It's not quite. You're right, there are a couple of games out of the wild card, but most of those teams, such as the Giants, for example, Brian, have the tiebreaker in how bad they've started the season, the the Packers. So they're possibly a game or two away on an unprecedented five-game losing streak of losing the season and then having a full hard reset or full hard set of conversations. Um, So... Yeah, not pleasant times for Packers fans, unfortunately. In a year over here, of course, with the first visit to European shores, they should have been celebrating, enjoying a lot more um, than they are actually, in fact, enjoying. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, Michael, like, yeah, you touched on the fact that he's going to be on um, the show tomorrow. Um, his name escapes me. Um, what's the show he goes on? Aaron Rodgers? Like, Matt McAfee. Ben, yeah, sorry. Yeah, why doesn't that pack ben, ben McAfee. Not ben McAfee. Uh, McAfee. Do you know, like the right. it's like a thing you install on your computer. Uh, it's like a security. Well, he was a protect. secure punter in his day. Okay, fair enough. Uh, McAfee. Sorry, I don't know exactly who he is. Sorry, today I'm just escaping for a second. Like at this stage, do you not think he would turn around and say, "I got to pack this, knock this on the head, guys"? I know I'm probably contractually obliged to be on the show every week, but my priority is playing football, playing for the Packers, getting this team back on back on track. I'm going to skip this for the next month of the season. That should be happening. 
no, he, or the, or he, 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 he couldn't care less. He genuinely couldn't care. It's well, a bit that's, like, but, but that's the point I'm making. If he did care, or, or someone within the organisation would say, you need, to, you need to have a word in his ear and say, knock that on the head. But he doesn't, and he won't, because he doesn't care. I'm going to read out a comment to end this. Um, Rumour has it Aaron Rodgers is set to enter. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here after losing to the Lions. Hopefully he doesn't miss his flight, just like he missed all those wide-open receivers. Okay. Right, I have done the executive producer uh, change up here. We're talking about the Vikings a quick fire because there's not like I'm just gonna go in Seattle. Uh, we're six games out now from Brian's uh, prediction column. Um, who would have thought Seattle going to Munich on Sunday? Six and three. Um, a bit more so, you know, fun to watch. Have to give the Gino. Have to give the Kenneth Walker and have to give it to Pete Carl. I know we've been very down on him column in recent years. He's done a great job this season, um, and I I picked the Cardinals last last night, and uh, many other people did as well. Sound like Donald Trump here, but um, I'm I'm excited to see Gino on Sunday. I'm excited because I genuinely think they'll beat the Bucks on Sunday. One hundred percent, they're by far the better team offensively. Welcome, go. welcome aboard the Seahawks uh, hype train. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> certainly, Brian Brian started it. I think I've been on board for a while, and we've got we've now brought Michael on board. Um, yeah, the, the, to me, they 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 always looked um, in in control of this yesterday. Like the reaction for from Gino, he threw the pick six, and he immediately responded, um, and. They they just uh, right across the, the field they they're all playing for for each other, um they they have two solid um receivers the the defense the rookies are are playing really well, again it's the response right um cross made a, a really bad error gave away a bad penalty on a false start didn't let it affect him how often have we seen with rookies that they can get into a spiral, um so the, I I was just really impressed um for for the cards um with i think even um you know jason and and mark hogan uh two of the more optimistic cards fans i know are uh are, are down uh cliff i i think the i mean the, the the clock is ticking there it's it's been a nightmare uh for for them and they probably will end up cleaning house as well um but for the the Seahawks, yeah, they go to Munich um, as I would say the the favourites and the better team. Brian, people giving Jeff Saturday a lot of guff the night. Guff's like the new word in the show. Um, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury's not that great either, is he? You said about Mark Hogan and, and uh, Jason Hayes. I think they'd be falling off a cliff at this stage. It's getting so bad there with that head coach. They're still in that position in Arizona. Um, look. The most impressive part for me, I felt, with yesterday, Colm's right, and there were so many adversity moments in the game, and they still reacted, but Arizona got back into the game, shall we say, there's 3.22 left in the game, the crowd are back in it, and they drive 82 yards, um, a great pass, a pass and go to Noah Fant, who takes it for 45 yards, essentially closing out the game, and that's what really good teams do, they don't panic in difficult situations, and Gino hasn't panicked at all this season, he's got he's the only quarterback with six games with a 100-plus uh, passer rating. Um, he's only had eight incomplete passes yesterday. He's playing at a level way above anything that we expected. And I know we tongue in cheek about what I felt would happen to Seattle this year, but that was more so because I felt Pete Carroll would get the best out of his team. As for Arizona, like Carter Murray for me is just you know they gave him two hundred fifty million in the summer, 
and had all these stipulated contracts and it came out and it was just it, it was a drastic situation and the owner was a buyer remorse of the season because we're just not seeing anything from Conor Murray and inevitably I think Cliff Kingsbury will be the fall guy here because Conor Murray's going nowhere with that contract he had 175 yards yesterday he's just he's not the player that we talk unfortunately the longest uh, reception yesterday was 22 yards just not getting it done and he still kept, managed to stay in the game <laughs> it's it's a bad situation Seattle I agree clear favourites on Sunday Mark, I'm playing Kyler on COD after this broadcast. Do you have a PS5? No, I have an Xbox, Xbox Series X. I think it is. Of course yeah, you know, do. That's one of those. Of course you do. Is that the newest PS, one? PS2, PS3, PS2 was the last PS. Uh, look, I, I I had a PS1. I mean, I don't think Kyler Murray had one, but you know. No, I don't Brian, know. Brian has an Amstrad. <laughs> Commodore Z, Commodore sixty four, and Spectrum ZX. Yeah, I, I had a Commodore. I, 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 just I had a Commodore. We, we got one um, when I was like seven or eight. But uh, go, going back to it, what I was trying to say, Mark, was that who? Somebody's got a lot of notes there. Um, sorry to everyone on the podcast. I am not editing that out. Uh, Mark, <laughs> Kyler Murray feels like he can respawn every time something bad happens, like a bit like Call of Duty. Yeah, no, that's a good analogy, Michael. Um, the, the reality is then sometimes he respawns and he flies through the level and he gets loads of kills and it's great. And then other times he respawns and he gets shot by a sniper almost immediately. And it's a terrible uh, level for him to be on. I'm, like The reality is those cards are so hit and miss. There doesn't really seem to be any consistency. You know, we, we can talk about the hot seat all we like. Can you point out Frank Reich? Can you point out think people like this? And it's like, well... Now with Reich's gone, who's next in the hot seat? Rule's gone and Reich's gone. I said, well, Cliff Kingsbury's seat and bum must be feeling very, very toasty right about now because really when you look around the league, who else would you think is going to be worried about their job and looking over the shoulder? He's got to be candidate, hey, at this point in time. Um, for Seattle... He signed a five-year extension six months ago. No, if, if, his, if his arse is getting warm, his head's getting nice and nice and fuzzy. No, no, be happy you, enough. You make money out of it. Don't get me wrong, but like, I mean, seriously, look at the product that, that team is putting out on the field every time. And a lot of this is coaching. Like, there is talent in the team. There is talent. There are talented players all around. There, there seems little structure, little scheme. The offensive guru aspect, where is it? And do you blame my look? Do you blame Kyler Murray for all of that, or do you blame Cliff Kingsbury? I actually put a fair amount of blame on the head coach there, although Kyler Murray's study habits still have to be improved upon. I would say it does really feel like hit and hope, which is basically run around a lot and then throw it up in the air to Hopkins whenever he gets free nail. Now he's back from suspension. Uh, it's it's a train wreck. But full credit to Seattle. Like, I mean, let's let's be honest about it. Brian called out Noah Fountain there. Shelby Harris had a great day in the middle of the defense. They've got a few draft picks, obviously, coming next year, so they can continue to build on that. That's a nice little haul for them. Um, but the performances they're putting in, I mean, seriously, go around the NFC. There's the Eagles, very clearly, top of the class. The Vikings, 7-1. Is it a real 7-1? We'll see in the second half of the season. And then maybe, say, the Cowboys. After that, Seattle. Has to be there. I mean, I, Brian, I would put the Giants there, but Seattle did hand them their ass a couple of weeks ago. So in fairness, I have to put them above the Giants. But I mean, would you have said they were a top four team in the NFC? It's like, of course you wouldn't. Of course you wouldn't. Yeah. Even with nine wins. I mean, Brian and I predicted 14 wins, but still. Um, I, I'll keep up in it each week. Um, huge credit. Huge credit to Schneider. Huge credit to Pete Carroll. Column's favorite coach in the entire world, do you realize? Uh, but... oh, well, Mark, you, you, it's not you why you're not you, going to Munich at the weekend. 
You have missed it. I, I've talked about this. My, you missed it as well, Michael. I've talked about this now three weeks in a row. I have come out. I've held my hands up. I have forgiven Pete Carroll for everything other than USC. He has done an incredible job. And right now, it looks like the Seahawks pull the Broncos' pants down and the Broncos and the Cards find themselves with QBs I mean, who are, they're paying $250 million to and... Yeah. Oh no, I don't I, get me wrong, I don't think you should forgive him for many things you're doing. For example, they still should have run the ball in the Super Bowl. But uh other than that, um Jesus Smith. he has done an amazing <laughs> job. They've done an amazing job this year in relation to it, and quite rightly they're leading their division. They look on course for things and fair play to them, fair play to Geno Smith. Like in fairness, guys. Even when he had a couple of weeks ago there, he had a bad game, we were like, Oh, was it all just a bit Cinderella y? No. Um, he's making great decisions. He's performing. So if they, if they win the that coach. division, if they win that division and they have a home, they'll in all likelihood have a play a World Cup game. <clears throat> Excuse me, but like nobody will want to go in and play in Seattle. You know, it'll be really difficult. You could see them making a bit of a run in the playoffs. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna question that, Brian. They, I mean, okay. Sorry, there's only one buy. I was going to say they probably get a second buy, but there's only one buy this year in Philadelphia. Going to say they'll be the home team because they're like others to win the division. Yeah, I'm saying if they win the division, second seed. I have the Niners still. I have the Niners winning the West this year now. Um, However, I I will say publicly, um, in terms of the teams and leagues that I've dealt with over the last four years, the Seattle Seahawks stand above everybody else. What they have planned for Friday and Saturday in Munich is unreal so it's going to be a good crack uh, bring on Gino let's jump on something in that football column I was too busy eating a bagel this morning um, I said the Titans would cover the Titans covered uh, I've seen, I seen the last few plays of Mahomes uh, tell me about this game what, what, what intrigued you from this game last night I have now decided that my mental health and sleep matters more than Patrick Mahomes and I'm damn right I missed none they won the game if it was January okay but no I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it anymore. Uh, especially when it's Malik Willis. Who do all right, it seems, to hold him. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, this talked about it in the preview. The Titans had, were um, Andy Reid's bogey team. He, they had beaten him four times. They'd beaten him twice at Arrowhead. And the it looked for a time that maybe they were going to do it all over again off of Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is fantastic. Um, yeah, that's the Vikings, Michael. We can talk about that, but I thought we were talking about Sunday Night Football first. That's Kirk Cousins, obviously, had a had a great game. Um, the Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, um, Mina Kimes described him as defying the, the laws of physics and uh, with the, the hop and, and, and skip. Look, this, I think both of these teams felt that the, the refs did them um, dirty in, in certain respects. Uh, we saw Travis Kelsey chucking his helmet, his his helmet, chucking an opponent's helmet. Um, but ultimately, the uh, Chiefs found a way to get it done, which is what they do. And um, it will be interesting to, to see, depending on Josh Allen's um, elbow injury, obviously, and how serious that might be, the Chiefs could all of a sudden, um, once again, be the number one seeds in the AFC. I would commend Vrabel again for a fantastic performance. Look, they, they've, they've lost a very tough game, but defensively, again, they played really well. Their offense only had one force down from the middle of the second quarter for the remainder of the game. From five minutes out in the second quarter, they didn't. They only had one force down for the rest of the game. So for your defense to play 
essentially two and a half quarters and and still find yourself in a situation with four minutes to go winning the game just you, you, you put your hands up and say he's just a great coach and then no matter what the situation he just finds a way to keep his team in games but you got to give it to Mahomes um, I text Colin today saying we go on about Mahomes being this and being that and being the fantastic quarterback but when the game was on the line last night um, he ran for 36 yards on that play um, and then he scores the touchdown he scores the two point conversion to get the game into overtime they didn't play well last night, but when you need leaders, and sometimes you question whether he is a real leader for the team, um, he stepped up last night and again proved that, for me, why he's the best quarterback in the league. Yeah, times two. I mean, frankly, I think Tom Brady this weekend had the passed the record for the most fourth-quarter comebacks and most game-winning drives or something like that. But realistically, when you look around the league, if you really had to rely upon someone at this moment in time, like in 2022, at this point in time, who do you trust most um, fourth quarter to make the plays that you need to to win the game? Um, Mahomes is on that shortlist. If not, if you don't want to call it shortlist of one, there's there's a very limited number of, of people in relation to it. I mean, Josh Allen will always have a case. Definitely not this year, Aaron Rodgers. Let's be honest about it. And and Brady's been far too inconsistent. There's been plenty of games that he hasn't closed out um, uh, and, and certainly hasn't been performing the first three quarters before that either. So in fairness, I mean, a scrape, uh, huge credit to the Titans. Colin alluded to it. They've beaten them in playoffs. They've beaten them in um, twice in the playoffs, actually knocked them out. Um, they've beaten them in the regular season. They, they are undoubtedly the bogey team and you still look at that and kind of go well we've had a lot of criticism of the titans at the start of the year because of the drop in talent because of some of the trades that were made aj brown leaving and everything they're adapting well enough they're still managing to put out an amazing performance huge credit to variable huge credit obviously to all the players and all the team there but that was a game plan with their backup quarterback that nearly um scraped out the victory there so look Chiefs have ground out a couple of ones they probably should have lost this season. This was one. The Raiders game, you would say, is another. Is that not the art of a good team, though? That Chargers. you win the games you're supposed to lose. Chargers as well, yeah. I mean, the Raiders one was the one that, so to speak. But yeah, yeah, there's a few. But you win the games you you know, you, you kind of otherwise should have lost. Um, and that's where Andy Reid comes in. And that's where Patrick Mahomes comes in and things like that. So intriguing, um, but somewhat almost inevitable. Thanos, he was inevitable. There you go, Thanos, that's the reference we should use. Anish, Anish, a little bit of cuteness. Colin, quick fire. Uh, Brady, Bucks, does it again. Effing awesome, I think he said at the end. Uh, I guess for the neutral, it's it's great to have both the Seahawks and the Bucks going to Munich with a win under their belts. Yeah, this uh, was like the Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior, but when they fought in WCW, um, it was two aging legends who are both well beyond their sell-by date. Um, Sean McVay apparently doesn't want to, to be there. He wants to be in the commentary box. Tom Brady does want to be there, but um, is not the, the force. He can, he can rouse it every now and again, but for the Rams, what an unmitigated um, disaster this season has been talked about it on Thursday their offensive line is a disaster they cannot protect uh, Matthew Stafford um, the the Bucks and Brady keep the season alive but they need to get another win on Sunday um, you know to to show that they're back but they're fortunate in a division that they could the Bucks go to the playoffs and Tom Brady go to the playoffs with a losing record this year 
Brian, uh, Big Kirky got it done. Did they win the Super Bowl? Like, look, I, 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 I like the Vikings, but did they win the Super Bowl last night? I mean, this whole chain thing. They're seven and one, but I think is it six of them? They they won by one score or something. Yeah. Look yeah. here, fair play to them. Yeah. Fair fair play to them. Uh, long may it continue because the Eagles need something to go up against in the NFC. Mark alluded to like in years gone past, and we touched on a few weeks now where distrust factor you'd have for the Vikings team. They were down by ten points. It looked like the game was going to get away from them, and then they got themselves back in and put themselves put themselves in a position to win the game. I watched the press conference today. I was the press conference today. Celebration within the dressing room. Um, uh, uh, Kevin O'Connell's wife had their fourth child um, on Friday, and he stayed there in the hospital. Left there, flew with the team to be at the game, and then he was flying back immediately back to the hospital. So. Bit of a whirlwind for him over 24 hours and Hawkinson comes in, plays really well in his debut. And then Kirk Cousins goes back and beats his old team. So it's a great win for them. Um, and they were, like, fairness, they, should have been, they shouldn't have been as close as well. We had co- um, officials in officials blocking players and, and allowing commanders to score touchdowns. And I don't know if you saw that one. That was a hilarious play. Um, deep tr- throw to Samuel and uh, the, deep, the back judge. Blocks the, uh, they're essentially tackling them. Great win for the Vikings. It wasn't a pretty game, but again, they roll in, which is a huge game for them now this weekend. They play the Bills. Mark, those commander's, jersey or, commander's jerseys are straight up fire. Complete OG. I'll give you the terminology of that after this broadcast. You're going to very quickly talk about um, the Raiders. Now, we've been very down on the, on the Packers in this broadcast. Um and I think it's only right to be down on the, on the Raiders. The fact that the way the Broncos have started the season, the Raiders are bottom of the West, I think is shocking uh, with, the, with the players that they have. Um, mm. How long do you give McDaniels? And it's a genuine question. No, I mean, like at the moment, the Raiders are appalling. Like they're, they're, they're unbelievable that uh, they haven't found the loss. They haven't found the lead that they're willing not to... What's the expression I want to use? They've got this capability of seizing defeat from the jaws of victory. That's what I want to say. Um, like, it's unbelievable. 17-point leads in three games now this season that they've thrown away. And they don't... Like, that game the weekend, they've been like, they're up by 17. They're all over the Jaguars. Um, Diggs is running... Um, uh, not Diggs. Devontae Adams, sorry. Is, is running riot through the secondary. And... Yet still, even though they're against the Jags team, who obviously have been very off the ball the last few weeks, you kind of felt like they're going to mess this up again, aren't they? They're going to find a way of throwing it away. And we talk about winning being a habit teams want to get into. Losing can be a habit too. Look at the role the Packers are on, and you're right, we gave them a lot of stick. The Raiders just feel like they're finding ways to lose every game this season. And you're right, Michael. Like McDaniels, he, he will get some time, I think, a, because obviously Ziegler came in with him as the GM, so it's their come as a package deal. And secondly, let's be honest about it, Mark Davis is one of the cheapest owners in the NFL as well because their main asset is the Raiders football team. So well, his haircut costs like $1,800 and he gets a flight to get his haircut. So, I mean. Yeah, but he, he's going to have problems with that. So And that's probably what's going to save him a little bit. He will get some more time, but unless that team figures out how to win, like that's it's 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 unbelievable. I mean, they are the first team in NFL history that in the first eight weeks of the season they have lost three games where they led by more than seventeen points in the games. And 
Uh, again, well, you know, there's so many things that are wrong there at the moment. The the defense is getting no pressure on. They can't be relied upon. The offense is doing the right things at times, and then they're moving away from Josh Jacobs and moving away from a balanced offense, and they just go through barren patches. Um, there are times Carr and D, um, let's call him Diggs again, Adams look unstoppable. And then there are times that they look like they've never even seen each other, let alone been best buds in college. Um, and yes, the buck for that lies with the head coach. Uh, undoubtedly. Is he as hot as Cliff, Kings, Cliff Kingsbury's seat is? No, I don't think that's the case. But it is inexcusable. Um, and Raiders fans and everyone who supports that franchise deserve to be slightly frustrated, putting it mildly, Michael. Slightly. Um, I still haven't seen a Raiders championship in my lifetime. Um, and I was four the last time the Cowboys won one. So just trying to get a lot of algorithm clicks here. If you're watching this on YouTube, please do like. If you're on the podcast, please do give us a rating out of five. I don't know, comment hot dogs so we know you, that you've listened to this. And you can't give us a rating on Spotify, apparently. You can just give us a star and that's it. So we'd love a wee star if you can. Uh, right, Monday Night Football. Uh, straight up, I'm going to say Lamar Jackson column flows four touchdown passes and goes 320 yards passing tonight no mark andrews roquan smith comes in and i think the ravens get it done against the saints who have you got um it's it's funny michael um because nobody going by the the comments nobody thinks anybody is good in this uh in this league uh the vikings are are trash and uh every, everybody uh i don't think anybody is happy with with the league uh, right now and everybody nobody's happy with the referees either and the two teams going up uh tonight are interesting because the ravens have a lot of uh, injuries and obviously lost their number one wide receiver, lost their number one uh, tight end. Um, Michael Thomas was ruled out for the season for the Saints, but realistically, did they expect him to to play? Um, how often will we see him on an NFL field again? Uh, I think is possibly the the question with uh, Michael Michael Thomas. Um, I, look, I, the Saints are a really really weird team. They make no sense whatsoever, and I don't know whether Dennis Allen is going to be in uh, a job come the end of the year. I think there will be a huge number of head coaching changes in the NFL um, come the the off season. Um, but I think the for the problem for the the Ravens is without Andrews and without Rashad Bateman. Um, Duvernay is about the only option they have and I think that the the Saints where they are strongest is in terms of the the defense it's in the Superdome um, yeah I think you pointed out in in the chat the the people expect it to be tight um, the Ravens should win but I'm going to pick the Saints well they do have another option Colin because uh, in the last half an hour Deshaun Jackson has been activated to play tonight so there you go Get your money on quickly. I mean, like, I like went a- to uni in 2009 and left uni in 2012. If we're going to start going back, I mean, The Rock came back to the WWE in 2011. Sean Jackson. Well, he, once he catches Ooh. The Rock and goes into the end zone, because whilst when he were talking earlier on, I jumped on the six to one that's available with Skyba for him to score a touchdown tonight. Um, I think Here, has anyone got a lighter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
try and burn those odds. Um, Look, um, the Saints, um, it's funny, we were talking about the division. Mark says this, this is an open NFC South, so it's only fitting that we have a comment from Jeff Duncan, who was on our show in London, and he, he put out last night on, on Twitter, straight after the Bucks won, um, more concerned about the, the Saints. If the Saints were to win tomorrow night, we are only one game out of the divisional lead. Again, all these little permutations that every team within that division is working on and he's obviously thinking win tonight they'll win at the weekend and things are all rosy in New Orleans they're not rosy we saw them in London for me Andy Dalton is ultimately the biggest problem here the fact that he's won the job now for the you know, for Winston is a concern we saw how frail the frailties come back to haunt him a few weeks ago to pick sixes against the Cardinals and we've seen what the Cardinals have done since uh, the Ravens had a hard-fought win last week against another team in that division, the Bucks, and I see a, sim- a similar kind of pattern to tonight's game. It'll be tight enough, but I think ultimately, come the fourth quarter, Lamar Jackson will find a way to get a w- get a win. Whether it's him running with the ball himself or using Cameron Drake uh, in the backfield, but ultimately, the Ravens will win a high-scoring game. Mark, take it home. I'm with Colin that the Saints' defense is impressive, and the Saints are uh, have a real opportunity in this game, and it's going to be tight because of the lack of weapons on the Ravens. However, I'm more with Brian with the fact that at some way, some point, the Ravens and their run, run, run all day, fat boy run technique will take precedence and will be able to unlock that Saints defense. That's what it boils down to in this regard. I don't rate the Saints de- uh, offense, obviously. I don't really rate the Saint, uh, the Ravens defense, to be to be fair. I think they've been exposed at times this season still. Um, but overall, you're comparing these two teams. I like the way Colin described it. The Ravens should win, but he's taking the Saints. I kind of understand the logic, but I'm going to take the Ravens. I'm going to take Lamar. I'm going to take that run game and that powerful offensive line to do just enough to take the game in the Superdome tonight. 37 to 10 for me. That is my guess tonight on the score to the Ravens. A big shout out to everyone that's commented on YouTube because the podcast has ended now, lads. It's over. The podcast is over. Uh, If you do want a super chat, that can get us a a pint in Munich. Somebody asks, is there a live show in Munich? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, me and Brian are in Munich at the weekend Colm uh, doesn't want to see Pete Carroll and Mark uh, folks for two euro a month you can sort out Mark's Wi-Fi at the bottom there uh, just super chat us and we'll, we'll try and get him on a, a 4G Mark, connection Mark doesn't want week. to see Tom Brady live in another jersey Michael that's that's the reality uh, third time for me seeing Brady play this Sunday I, I am definitely feeling grateful I did not think whenever I seen him the last time when he destroyed the team that I watched that uh, I'd see him again so it's going to be pretty cool uh, trying to get some questions on here um, people aren't happy with a Miami title column do you see any questions? Uh, no there there's good, great chats in fairness and uh, some good discussion and I think good advice around uh, I think Tom James is headed over to Chicago for a first trip and was wondering um, where to, to sit. So uh, definitely, um, you know, there have been some um, kind of good pieces. Obviously, Cassidy has some deals, but uh, Jason Hayes has written a piece on the website about his own trip uh, stateside and offered some of his thoughts. Um, it is worthwhile if anyone is watching, listening and thinking of doing a trip. I could not encourage you more to do it. Take uh, the opportunity and just go um, and do it. Um, the party uh, when Philadelphia click their playoff spot should be fantastic. So uh, make your way to uh, that city on the uh, East Coast and enjoy. 
Absolutely, and question there, Sam, do you need a cameraman? Yes, we do. Hit us up uh, back on Wednesday night. See you then. Cheers, lads. <laughs>